Hello and welcome. My name is Justin Godley and welcome to The Gospel Guy. If you guys are listening in on this podcast, welcome, welcome, welcome. Today's episode is going to be individualism in the church and we're going to go ahead and just get right in. I'm going to go ahead and pray us pray us in and then we're going to go ahead and just talk about today's subject, talk about the topic matter of discussion. I'm going to go ahead and just kind of walk through the disclaimer real quick after this prayer and we're just going to get started. Okay. So if you'll bow your heads with me, Lord God, thank you so much for this time that we have to spend with with you um, in this this episode of the podcast, The Gospel Guy, Lord. We just pray that this podcast and this episode can, uh, continues to bless your kingdom and continues to bless you and continues to glorify you in all of your ways, Lord. And we just pray that whatever be said um, during this episode, that the wisdom can be provided um, that is necessary uh, for rebuking, loving, um, or rebuking, um, upholding, and, and loving one another in, in your name. And Lord, we just pray all of this in the powerful name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, yep. Thanks, guys. Thanks again for um, for for listening in. Uh, this is becoming really fun for me because I get to examine. It's just really fun. I I really like podcasts. I like to talk. I like to. Well, I mean. I like to talk when I'm alone, <laughs> and a lot of you might think I'm weird for that, but uh, I do enjoy having, I like to talk out loud, like, by myself, and so, you know, with no one else around. I call it introvertedness, call it antisocialism, whatever you call it, just, it's what I like to do. So I, I enjoy my opportunities to podcast, to um, walk through scripture, to to do things with you guys, and uh I'm excited to get into this. So, so just a quick disclaimer: um, I am not a pastor. I am not a, an officiated spiritual leader or some form of official apologist. Though some of what I share in my weekly podcast dives into similar topics, um, I'm just simply a guy who's been studying the Bible, who loves the Bible, and thinks it's a very eye-opening um, message, and would like to share with you what I've been learning. Okay, so I do this in the hopes that it can help someone else or inspire them to do their own study of God's Word. So just wanted to throw that out there. Um, Our topic for today is understanding individualism. And essentially, what we're going to do, what I wanted to do with you guys first is I wanted to go ahead and I wanted to, um, hang on, I don't know if you guys can hear me all right. I wanted to go ahead and just analyze... um, what individualism is. I wanted to fully define individualism for you first before we continue um, with today's message. Uh, so individualism as defined by what I've, I basically just did a simple search, but individualism as defined is um, the habit or principle of being independent or self-reliant. And what I wanted to do is go ahead and explore. We're going to go ahead right now. Forgive me. I actually didn't pull this up. I was just so excited to get onto this podcast today. Um, but essentially what we're going to do today is we're going to explore uh, the following passage. And it's going to be kind of like, I'm going to start making this a thing in our episodes, but we're going to follow up with each passage. We're going to follow up with like a theme, like a either like a group of passages, more so like, I think we're just going to make more of like a thematic passage. I want to make it like the passage of the episode or like the passage of the day or something like that. Um, So we can really dive into scripture and analyze certain aspects of the kind of like the philosophy of what that passage is, is going through and the reality of the passage and also just more of the context of the passage. Uh, Cause it's very important. It's very imperative for us to, look deeply into scripture to really analyze essentially what we're talking about. So we're going to go into Galatians 2. If you guys have your Bibles out, um, I'm going to be, no, I'm just kidding. I was going to say, I'm going to be a pastor. No, I'm not. Um, (laughs) (coughs) If you'll go ahead. (laughs) Okay, that was weird. Wow, I almost choked. Um, if you'll go ahead and join me uh, in reading Galatians 2, 11 through 21, I'm going to go ahead and read it now. So Galatians 2, 11 through 21 says this. When Cephas, uh, so actually, as a matter of fact, I might not 
just just before I continue, I might not read all the way through. Um, let's see. You know what? Yeah, I think I, I will. I, I will read all the way through because it's really important to what I'm about to say next. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read all the way through. So starting with verse 11, it says, When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used it to eat with the Gentiles. But then they arrived. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles. Yeah, okay. This is Cephas. That's right. Um, because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. All right, wait a minute. This is, yeah, this is it. Um, when I saw they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that, you're, that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of, of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. So, um, with that being stated, and with that being um, read out loud to you guys, um, consider this passage uh, all throughout what I'm saying in this message, but then also um, take it home with you. All right, I highly recommend just like whenever I, because I, I actually wrote this in the description if you guys want to go ahead and you want to take a look at this more closely for yourself, okay? It's Galatians 2, 11 through 21. Um, and just take it with you, all right? And just kind of read through it um, on your own time. But essentially, I'm going to continue on here. Um, so, like, when we look at this passage, okay, there's a lot that can be suggested. There's a lot that you can observe. Um, but ultimately, what I want us to recognize is I want us to recognize the personal relationship that we can have with God. And I want us to really understand how important this is. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and just kind of address three power verses to help us see this more closely, right? It says in 1 Peter 5, it says 6 through 7, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. John 14.23 says, Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. And Isaiah 40.31 says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. All right, so those are your three power verses to understand just like more closely, um, just this is kind of like a fundamental, trust me, I, it might not make sense. You're like, well, wait a minute, you're jumping right to personal relationship um, <laughs> right after this Galatians 2, 11, 21. And the whole theme is understand, or understanding individualism, right? I'm getting there, I promise. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and we're going to do a story time like we usually do in this podcast um, to help just kind of clarify everything I've been talking about. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Just keep those verses in the back of your mind. I'm also going to put that in the description for you um, as per usual. But I'm going to jump right into a story. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you guys kind of a story that has relevance to um, what I've been just talking about. So essentially, um, I, I'm going to talk about two friends of mine. Now, I'm going to use fictitious names to present these friends because I don't 
Like it was, it's an actual true story. Like anytime I do a story time on these episodes, they're true stories. Like they actually happened. Like these are actual people in my life that have had an impact on, on how I turned out and have been influences to me personally. Um, and it's, it's, it's I, I want to kind of protect them and our identity. So I'm not going to share with you their exact names if, if you happen to know me or something. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I I, I personally am proud of, of my decision to use these names, but um, these two friends of mine are going to be Bert and Ernie, okay? And I'm basically just going to tell you about my atheist friend, Bert, and I'm going to also discuss with you today the rejection of my friend, Ernie, okay? So uh, getting into kind of just the rejection aspect of my friend, Ernie. <clears throat> so Ernie um, was a Christian, and um, it was a couple years back. I was in high school. And uh, essentially what happened was I um, – all right, let me – where am I going to start with this? All right, so middle school, I don't remember if I've discussed this before. But essentially in my middle school career is when I came to fully know the Lord or when I came to realize – when I came to the revelation that there was a God – right, was in middle school. Um, if I recollect correctly, I think I might have mentioned this in my first episode. Uh, but essentially, you know, that was when I started to really start to see evidence for God in the universe was like, you know, when I was 15, I was in eighth grade, I was having just an insanely tough time. I was really depressed. It was one of the worst times of my entire life. And that's when I came to revel. To came to revel in in the idea and the in the in the very notion that there was a God and so, and this was back when I was you know visiting Maryland, um, you know for my summertime vacation and so, it was a big deal, and essentially um, I had met Bert, uh, my fresh or no I had met Ernie my freshman year of, of uh, high school, and um, Ernie and I became close friends. We had a lot in common. Um, you know, he was very zealous for God. And at this point I had started, because I'm a passionate person, I, I started to develop my own natural sense of, 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 zealous, of zeal for this similar God. And, um, you know, and as I continued to go, so essentially bottom line, long story short, Ernie had invited me to go to church with him on, on multiple occasions. And every time I took the time to go to church with him. And it was great. Like we had a great time. I was, I was very, um, I felt very loved. I felt very welcomed. And, uh, and that was where I started to build um, a sense of belonging within the Christian community was going to church with Ernie. And, um, and that was the first time I had that sense of community um, when, it, when it pertains to Christianity. Keep in mind, this is well before I was saved, um, like fully baptized and saved and um, you know, was just on fire for Jesus because at this point I was still, I was still just coming to this. I mean, and, and who would really know? That's another question, honestly, is who really knows exactly? It's, it, there are two layers to this cake that I've noticed when it comes to a person's salvation. And I mean, I could be wrong. And that's the other thing is, is I could always be wrong. There might be more layers. I'm not, like I said, I'm not a pastor per se. I'm not like a, a, um, a validated or a uh, licensed theologian. Um, but f- as far as I'm tracking from my experience, I realized there were multiple points where I came to the same... I, I realized that my relationship with God wasn't perfect on my end at all. Um, from his end, it's, it's perfect, of course, because he's the narrator of the universe. He's the king of the universe. Like, he is the author of the universe, like, of life itself, right? So, like, obviously from his end everything's perfectly already done the way it should have been done, the way it was, is, and will be done, right? And so from his end, it's perfect. But from mine, um, it did not appear perfect at all. It was very messy. Um, You know, like when I was 15 and I was in eighth grade and I discovered there was a God, you know, you, you could say that that was the first point in which I built a relationship with him uh, or that was the first point I trusted him to where a relationship started to build, right? But I don't know, like, 
honestly, if I had to be honest with you guys, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when that starts. Um, so um, in that case, you know, it's, it's just another story for another time. Uh, but essentially, I think ultimately, um, getting back to what I was saying, uh, it was a big deal. It was a big deal at that time to have a friend who was in that area of focus in my life that could guide me towards, you know, that could be that influence that I had in my direct community. Because I just didn't have anyone in my direct community at the time that um, would be that for me, right? Uh, So, uh, yeah, so he he was that connection, you know what I mean? He was that connection into Christianity that I just didn't have um, anywhere else back when I, you know, as I continued to grow up and learn things uh, back in Pennsylvania. And so, you know, I leaned heavily all throughout that time. I leaned heavily on that relationship with Ernie. And Ernie and I did a lot together. Like, we did, we did a bunch. Like, he was, like, considered at the time my best friend. Like, he was just the closest guy to me at the time. And uh, I love the guy. I mean, I still do, actually. Ernie and I, believe it or not, actually still talk. Or we still keep in touch. Um, we don't talk like we used to. We're not, like, that close anymore. But, um, but like, we still talk. We still engage with one another. There was a period, actually, a couple of years, like, about a year ago from now where I had reached out to Ernie um, because I just felt like I had to. I felt I'm, a, I'm the kind of person that needs closure. And so I felt I needed to reach out to him because I just, I needed to know, like, I needed to know that, because I feel like there was a lot, I mean, you guys are going to come to understand, bottom line, um, him and I uh, stopped being friends. And this came, it was like shortly after my sophomore year of high school, um, him and I just stopped being friends. And um, there was a lot of, there was a lot of things, there's a lot of reasons why. And I think, I mean, I think I was just a really abusive friend. Back in the day, like, if you guys knew me then, like, I was just a super angry kid, you know what I mean? And, uh, and so I was just, you know, it, I was just a super angry kid. I was, I was kind of abusive verbally, emotionally, uh, physically. And um, there's a lot of things that I wish I could have changed in that relationship. Um, but, uh, but then, like, what essentially happened was I think it was just because of just all of the I mean, I blame myself is the point, but I don't know. Again, there could be things that he did wrong too that like, you know, but who, who would, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and blame him, honestly. I'm just going to sit here and blame myself because there was a lot that I did. I, I had a lot of baggage, you know, as a kid. And so, um, it, you know, it's just, it, let's see, I'm trying to be optimistic here, but <laughs> I'm just going to be realistic. It was, it was tough growing up. And, uh, and he knew that. And we all under, kind of like bottom line and, and that direct friend group knew it. But uh, I, it might have been a little much, you know what I mean? It wasn't really uh, – it. And, and bottom line for him, it might have been a little much. And so – and I think he knew that. And so us splitting up and us kind of going our separate ways was in, in a sense the best thing that could have happened in that situation. And, and believe it or not, we get a story out of it today. So um, there is something that happened that was good out of that. But – um, essentially it had to end and I still remember the moment and, uh, and the realization that like it was done, like we were no longer friends. Um, it, it, it was, I was working for my cousin at the time that summer and, uh, I was trying to, you know, I was texting a lot of people because it was one of the hardest summers when it came to work that I've ever had up until that point. You know, it was like my first introduction to a working, a work setting. And I was not attuned to it at all. Like I very much did not enjoy it like at all Um, because I was, um, I was young. I was young, entitled, and I just didn't understand the grind quite yet. I didn't understand the grind of the nine to five. So definitely a great experience. Um, overall, but at the time it didn't feel like that, right? It never does. When you do something new that's hard, it never feels good and it's not supposed to, you know what I mean? It's supposed to feel difficult. It's supposed to hurt. Um, and that's another topic for another day when it comes to pain, but, but like, it's supposed to be difficult. It's supposed to be challenging because otherwise, how would you, 
have an appreciation for it. Um, you know, if, if it was just easy all the time. Right. So I was sitting there and I was working hard and I was, I was struggling with it a little bit. And so a lot of the times when I had break, I would, um, I would reach out to, I do that a lot too, actually. It's funny. Like I reach out for support a lot when I'm in pain. Um, that's a funny little revelation I had just about myself right now. I, I, yeah, I just reach out a lot when I'm in pain, um, to people and just to talk to them. Uh, fun little tech, fun little, um, tidbit about me, but I digress. So, you know, here I am and I'm talking to people. I'm trying to reach out. I had a girlfriend at the time. I was texting all, all the time and, you know, just, just kind of bored and I felt lonely. So I would do this and I texted Ernie and essentially Ernie was like non-responsive. There was no response from Ernie. Um, and I texted him quite a few times, right? I was texting him like every week at this point just to see what was up with him, right? Just one day every week I would take time to text him and he wouldn't respond. There was no response. And I was like, uh, is he okay? Did I do something wrong? I tried calling him a couple times, never answered. And um, I assumed the worst. And I was like, well, this, is, this really sucks. Like I just lost my best friend. Like I can't talk to him anymore. And... Straight up, it was really, I mean, you know, I was like, okay, well, he doesn't want to talk to me, I guess, anymore. And so um, I just, I left it at that. I was like, okay, I guess like him and I aren't friends anymore or he's got a lot going on. I assumed that he had a lot going on. And so I no longer, so at that point I, I stopped talking to him for that summer. Um, and then I'll, I'll never forget like exactly when I think we, I, I knew totally that we weren't friends anymore. It was like the first couple of weeks of school. I, uh, I went to his class um, to talk to him and he ignored me, straight up ignored me. I'll never forget. I was like, hey, are you, are you cool? Like, what's up? Barely a word. And it wasn't to say he wasn't, you know, he didn't ignore me entirely. He did to some degree acknowledge me, but it, it was very, it was like barely that I was even there. Like, just straight up, like, just was talking to another friend of his, wasn't paying me any mind, was looking at his friend the whole time. And I was like, you know, do you want to, like, you know, I was just casually trying to talk to him and he wouldn't talk to me. Um, and, uh, and I went to his church, you know, very shortly after. And again, I had prior motives. I'm not going to lie with you guys. Like I wanted to talk to him. Like I wanted him to talk to me because he just wasn't doing that. And so I went to his church for the same exact reason. I wanted him to talk to me. So I, I went to his church. I got a ride there. I had means of getting there. I, I think one of the members at the time had, had brought me to church. And so, and then I, you know, the whole time, the whole service, there was a youth group that we, that we attended together. And the whole time, it's just like every time I would try to talk to him, he would walk away from me. Um, and I was heartbroken. Um, and uh, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't talk to me. And we were, you know, we were in a Bible study. And it was just, it was funny. The Bible study was actually about love. <laughs> it was about a certain aspect of love, of God's love for us. And... <laughs> And it was like, it was like that. I think it, I, I, I could be wrong, but I could have sworn it was on the conditions of, it was like the unconditional nature of God's love. <laughs> and here I am. And it's funny because I was just like, I think it's ironic that like we're talking about God's love and there's no love to be shared um, in this relationship that I'm having with Ernie. And it's frustrating because I'm like, dude, like what's going on with you, man? Like I'm trying to talk to you and you won't talk to me. Um, so then after that, I let it go. Um, I was deeply heartbroken. I was hurt beyond, beyond measure, um, by the loss of this relationship because him and I just, you gotta, I, I, there's so many memories that I have that just come into my floodgates of my memory bank where I'm just thinking of just all the times that we had together. And it, it, and it's just like, you know, and even now I think about like just all the awesome adventures that we had together and all the support that I got from his family um, during my difficult transition from adolescence into adulthood. And, um, 
I still appreciate it to this day. If I had to say one thing, if Ernie's listening and he remembers this, like, I still appreciate him and his family to this day. Um, there's no bad blood. Like, water under the bridge. You know, feelings are feelings. Like, pain is pain. It's it's kind of the journey. And I think acknowledging that and moving on and him forgiving me was, like, a big deal for me um, about a year or so ago. Like, when we... When I try to reconcile it, again, like I said, it, it got better. Like, you know, him and I reconciled our relationship and, um, and it, it got better from there. So it wasn't like the end all be all. But at the time, it felt like that, right? At the time, it felt like I, I had lost a, a, a limb or like a, a very per, a personable part, like personal part of me. And so I just, I was hurt. I was really hurt. And essentially, what I'm going with this is, is transitioning back to the story um, essentially in came the introduction of Bert. Now, Bert was another good friend of mine. He's still, it was a good bud. Um, I considered him also a best friend. I have a lot of best friends in my world. <laughs> oh, geez. It's very, uh, very seven wing eight. If you guys are familiar with the Enneagram, um, my girlfriend and I have become nerds with that stuff. So anyways, but, uh, but anyways, just moving on from that, um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, Bert became a very close figure, a very close friend of mine as well, uh, but for completely opposite reasons um, at first. So him and I, uh, I used to wrestle for like five or six years um, or five or seven years. I don't know. Like senior year of high school, I also wrestled in here in Maryland, but I don't know if I I don't always, I mean, yeah, I was on the varsity team and stuff. So yeah, I mean, I wrestled for around like six or seven years and, uh, up from middle school all the way until the end of high school. And, um, him and I, Bert and I met in wrestling in middle school. Um, he was a badass back in the day, back in middle school. He was amazing. Like he was on the varsity team every, every year. And, uh, he just killed it. Like he was just, he was like the best in wrestling. And yes, I just cursed by the way. Apologies to those who are offended by that. I just, I was just, uh, anyways. Um, and so like with Bert and just kind of like, you know, him and I already having that in common, we became close friends and, um, learning a lot about Bert. He was a good dude. You know, he was raised in a very, um, in a very good household. Um, his family setting was really nice and very, um, put together. But the one thing that really, um, I guess, kind of was a big divide in our relationship and a clear boundary, actually, which was also something I highly respected about Bert, um, which was the fact that he was an atheist. And at the time, I guess you could call me a theist, you know what I mean? If not, if not a Christian, a theist, right? Because I still didn't, again, going back to what I said earlier, like, I, st- I don't really know when that point of salvation occurred like where that true sincerity and, and genuine nature of, of realizing who Jesus was occurred in my life up to this point. I knew that it fully came full circle when I was 18. Like I have a definitive answer then, so which I would say that was salvation, but I, I still maintain that I don't know exactly when that was. Um, but at this point, you could say I was a theist, right? And he was an atheist. He was very avid atheist at this time. I don't know if he's changed his views or not. I haven't talked to him in a while. And that might give me a reason to talk to him. But um, up until this point, you know, I had known him for a couple of years. I had known, I had come to fully know him a couple of years, uh, Bert, that is. I came to know Bert um, over the past couple of years, freshman, sophomore year of high school. And, and our, our friendship really started to blossom. I guess like, well, we started to, yeah, I mean, freshman year, we started to blossom into a close friendship. But um, when it was junior year, I started spending more time with him. Or, well, freshman to junior year, I started spending more time with him. And, um, and essentially, uh, what happened, what essentially when I lost that friendship with Ernie, okay, um, I started to build that hurt that I felt so deeply began to become an excuse. Um, and it took the form of atheist influence from my friend Bert. Okay. So I, if I have to repeat myself, that hurt that I felt that was so deep 
and so painful from disconnecting with Ernie became the excuse that I had um, for the atheist influence that my friend Bert had on my life. And I, I want you guys to keep in mind, like, you know, I remember moments with Bert where I would avidly refute him on his atheist perspective. Him and I would have debates and we'd have, um, refute might not be a good word, but we, I would avidly debate Bert and have arguments and discussions with Bert about our differences and beliefs. Um, like I'll never forget the moments him and I would discuss the concept of the universe together. Another reason I respected Bert is because he was so open to exploring, to exploring these philosophical you know, aspects of the universe in ways that I was just really impressed. I was like, wow, like he's really, like, he's really um, eager to have this conversation with me. He's okay with this. And I was really grateful for that because that was something I needed, especially then. Because, I mean, well, it's something I always felt I've needed. I've always kind of been the philosophical type that wants to have deep conversations with people. And so um, I, was, I was very appreciative at this point where him and I, would have these times together. And, and I had a really nice high school, like, like a social group in high school. Um, I just, it was, I had a lot of fun in high school. Um, and, uh, and there were just times where I would, we would just be at each other's throats, not like literally, but like just like figuratively with the word. And we never really, again, like we were the kind of French friendship where it was very sarcastic. It was very enjoyable in the way, like, I built a sense of humor, essentially. Like, my sense of humor comes from those conversations that Bert and I had, um, where we, we were just, you know, kind of shooting the shit. We were just screwing around um, and just having a good time and, and enjoying each other and, and, and being good friends. And so um, with that happening um, and, and just, like, that disconnect from Ernie, it led to this, this bigger trust with Bert in whereas when he was telling me certain things about atheism, I started to receive his beliefs more because he was coming from a place of love and from sincerity, right? And he wasn't coming from a place of, of uh, well, his intentions were coming from a place of love and sincerity, right? Um, but we know that from scripture, like your, the, the intentions of your heart can, um, can be bad, right? And not reflect uh, the truth and justice that, and, and the love that God, you know, wants us to have or desires for us to have. Right. Uh, and so, yeah. So with Bert, you know, it, it seemed like Bert was more of a friend that I could trust. And so him and I started building on that, on that aspect of, of belief together, which was very dangerous. And, um, uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I just remember the time where I started to promote and support Bert in his atheist views because of that disconnect that I had with Ernie, right? And it's an easy transition. I mean, you guys got to understand, for those of you who maybe grew up in the church or who grow up um, Christians, it's an easy transition uh, to, like, if you didn't grow up in that environment directly, right, where you had a good, strong community who knew who Christ was, who knew the gospel, who knew the parameters behind how to disciple each other and how to build that community. Um, you know, if you had that strong Christian community, you might not understand what I'm saying, but there was just an easy, like for me, it was an easy transition to some degree because I didn't fully grasp, you know, the, the power of, of Christ and the power of the cross quite yet to where I could, you know, refute it, or to where I could fully understand what I was leaving behind at first um, or what I was becoming disconnected by when it came to that situation with Ernie um, and the introduction of Bert. And so like, and, and so I still remember when I came to fully promote and support Bert and it wasn't, it wasn't actually because of Ernie. Um, it wasn't Ernie's fault that I, (laughs) it wasn't like it was Ernie's fault that I ended up, um, getting more of an introduction or more, I ended up being more influenced to atheist, to atheism, 
Um, it wasn't Ernie's fault. It was more so, it was more so just kind of the circumstance. It was like, it was other issues. It was other things that I was facing. Essentially there was like, um, I, things, the moment things, let me put it this way. So I had, a, again, I, a lot of the issues I had at home started to arise, right? Um, there were just moments, there were just things that I were doing in, in my household and things that were happening to me, um, in my family troubles, um, uh, things that were just getting worse for me at home that were, was part of the reason that I started to start considering atheism more. Um, and then, and then also it was because I didn't have, I think the biggest reason I started to become influenced by atheism, um, in its entirety was because I didn't have that sense of, um, like I didn't have that sense of community, that sense of Christian community to lean on anymore. You know what I mean? I didn't have like Ernie and I didn't have um, other people aside from my aunt and uncle who lived like hundreds of miles away, you know what I mean, to lean on during these difficult times. I just had the people that I was living with directly to lean on at this time. And that's not, I got to put this out here. How do I put this, put this well? It's not necessarily good <laughs> that that was the case. Um, it was very difficult for me, very challenging time. And so, yes, I leaned more on the side of atheism. It was easier, you know what I mean, to do that. Um, and so going back to our study today, I want us to consider my story. Um, I want us to also kind of consider the verses that I was using when it comes to that personal relationship, because that's, that, that's very important to what I'm saying here. And we're also going to kind of go back to Galatians 2, 11 through 21. So when we look at essentially what's happening in Galatians 11 through 21, we see, we see essentially Paul opposing Cephas. And the reason Paul is opposing Cephas is for the same exact reason that I brought up my story, right? And to the same exact reason I'm about to talk about um, individualism here in the church, okay? I see the biggest challenge that we're facing as a church function, okay? As Christians within the body of Christ, the big, one of the, there's uh, so many challenges that I, and issues that I am so excited to share with you guys in other episodes of The Gospel Guy. But one of the biggest challenges, right, that I see that we're facing um, is, is something that I wanted to also address when it comes to Galatians 2, 11 through 21, which is like, just try to imagine for a second if Paul had let Cephas slide with his behavior, right? Not only would Galatians look different, but the entire gospel might look different too. And the whole point is, is that essentially in the way we see all throughout humanity that there's a tendency for human beings to get distracted. I'm sure you guys don't disagree with me on this, okay? Like, we see this as the case. Like, we get distracted by just about anything that lets us get distracted. This very device I'm holding in my hand as I speak to you can, in its own way, be a distraction. But one of the many things I've noticed, especially if you're the sociable type, especially if you're maybe the extroverted type or whatever, right? is that you allow other people to be that form of influence, distraction, um, support, more so than you allow God to be that, that for you. Okay, that's why I brought up those three power verses of personal relationship and how important that is. Just to remind you guys, because I know I've done this in other episodes, but... Um, you got to understand, when we look at Galatians 2, 11 through 21, we see that Cephas is doing a very similar behavior that we as, hu- as human beings naturally do, right? When we are influenced by people such as James in this way, we'll automatically change the way we behave to suit whatever that might be out of regards or high reverence for that particular person. Um, and in this case, it happened to be uh, it happened to be where they stopped. Um, yeah, where he ended up separating themselves, as it says from verse twelve, from the Gentiles, 
because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group, right? Like he was dividing himself from another group of people just because like, you know, they weren't, um, because they weren't practicing a certain tradition that they had during this time. Okay, so, and in the same case, it could have been, some, some of it could have been said the same way where, and I, again, I don't, it's just I'm using this as an example because it's accurate. But essentially where Bert, or no, excuse me, Ernie, you know what I mean, in the same case rejected me to where it was just like, you know, okay, well, he's kind of a burden. Um, he's got a lot of baggage. Should I help this person? Should I walk with this person anymore? Now, again, I maintain, like, obviously Ernie had his reasons for separating from me at the time he did. But in the same regards, like, what, you know, kind of analyzing as a, as a whole, uh, the body of Christ, there are consequences to that. There are things that happen because of that behavior. And what I'm trying to really help us do here is I'm trying to help us abolish that mindset that we might have and do as Paul did in this way, right? Where in verse 14, um, you know, he's saying, I saw they weren't acting in the line of the truth of the gospel, right? And then he asks Cephas very upfront. He says, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow to follow Jewish customs, right? In the same way, it was, I feel like our culture um, and our traditions play a similar role in now. Our, my question is this, how much different is it now than it was during this time period of which Paul is opposing Cephas? I mean, look, we're human beings, right? It, Obviously, some of it's different, like technology's different, but I got to be honest, like, and real with you, and as much as, and, and, and as observational as I can here, but, you know, and, and in other episodes, I'll explore other aspects of this, but there's no difference, none, when it comes to how we behave, right? And so we got to be cautious. We really got to caution ourselves to stay away from, to, to stray away from the influence other people have on us, if it forces us, as it says in, in verse 14, or as it suggests in verse 14, if it forces us to kind of um, try and get other people to follow our customs or our traditions or our culture, okay? And if it opposes the truth of the gospel. So like if it opposes the truth of the gospel, you know what I mean? And it, it doesn't, it, it goes against it in this way, um, because it's something that we're used to or is something that we're comfortable with. We need to kill that. We need to kill that sense of comfort, <laughs> that sense of, oh, oh, we're used to this. Let's just continue to do this. Let other people, like, and I'm more so talking about the influence here. Like there's other aspects of life that we can, that we might be able to explore in scripture that would say the same thing. Again, I say might because there's a lot, you know, there's a lot to be said about the little things that we pick up on as human beings that oppose, that directly oppose the truth of the gospel. So, but in this case, like the influences we have from others um, can sometimes dictate a lot of other things that we don't want to dictate what we do or what we become. And I know a lot of people that struggle with this. Um, I know that like, uh, well, I don't want to put anyone on blast, but I'll just say in my personal life, I know a lot of people that struggle. And I, I know myself, for example, like there are times I, again, like I just shared in my story, <laughs> there are times where even I have, I mean, I've become more antisocial as time has progressed, but I digress. That's not, a, anyways, and I keep saying I digress, but I, I'm, I think I'm using that word out of context. Um, there are times where even I, have become influenced by other people when it came to this certain aspect of scripture. And my point is, is that this, what I'm about to get into is going to help us kind of explore how this could be a detriment um, and not necessarily um, a good thing, right? Uh, I want us to really ex establish and understand and fully know and kind of 
what I really want from this, my take, my, what I desire for you guys um, is that you understand fully why, influ- uh, why first individualism is so important when it comes to exploring yourself as a Christian and being a Christian in, in the community of Christ, right? Because then you'll, you know, again, our goal is to stay in line with the truth of the gospel, as Paul is suggesting and recommending in, in Galatians 2, 11 through 21. And I want to make that fully known in this episode. I want to I kind of help maybe more practically, more pragmatically explore ways we can do that. Um, so here I have a quick test for you guys to try and refute this statement. God is perfect. And what I'm going to do now as you guys continue to try to refute that statement, is I'm going to establish three power verses to suggest God's perfection in this way. Um, So Psalm 1830 says that this God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield of all those who take refuge in him. James 3, 2 says, for we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble, in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. And then First Peter 22 says, he committed to no sin, neither was the deceit found in his mouth. And then another good verse to explore, which was um, courtesy of my woman, my girlfriend, um, is Luke 4, 1 through 13. And so essentially I bring this up because I want us to remember that when it comes to that influence that we have, we need to divide somewhat our understanding of, again, we need to continue to recognize and divide our understanding of how perfect God is compared to how imperfect we are. Because a lot of the times, again, going back to my story and then going back to Galatians 2, we see examples of our, and we see a pattern of how our relationships might influence the way we behave outside of God's outside of God's love and influence on our life. And that's a problem. That's very troubling, guys. Like that's not a good thing. Um and and we need to be aware of that. We need to really recognize that. We need to turn away from that and we need to consider something else, something better, a better alternative to this. And in this way essentially um that's why I I wanted to I wanted to make the bold statement that God is perfect because he is, right? We have evidence of that through our three power verses, including that other um, entire passage that you can explore on God's perfection. And what I want us to do is take comfort in the fact that as we build a sense of individualism within the church, that's what we're doing essentially. When we're building a sense of individualism, we're allowing God in relationship with him to be the core as to why we believe what we believe and not let other people as an influence be the reason why we believe what we believe. So we don't make that mistake that I made with Bert and Ernie, and we don't make you know, the mistake that Cephas makes in Galatians 2, 11 through 21, right? Here's what to do and not to do, okay? What to do. We're gonna start, so I'm gonna kind of go back and forth here because of my notes, but essentially what to do is to study the written word, all right. And when I mean study, I don't mean just read it. I mean, do research on what you're reading. <laughs> uh, a famous, uh, not a famous, well, he's famous to me. He's cool. He's a cool dude. Um, but uh, an awesome chaplain that I, <clears throat> an awesome chaplain that I had the honor of essentially doing an internship with. I think I mentioned him in other episodes. His name was Simon. Great man, great officer, great leader, um, and great dad now. He's a dad. Isn't that wonderful? Um, he essentially, he, he came up with a statement. He said, know what you believe. Um, him and I were um, doing a kind of like a side study on this verse uh, of the day. And I was talking to him about this verse and I got the verse wrong. And, he's, and he caught me on it. And then he told me, well, this is actually what it's really trying to say. And then he said, do more research. He told me, he said, hey, like read, like actually like look into this. I have proof as to what this means. And I could show you the research if you're willing. And I said, yeah, I'm willing. And he said, okay, so I'll go ahead and share it. So he would share all these links with me, these videos and stuff. And um, do your research, right? Do like when you read the written word, 
Don't just read it, study it. Like actually like look into what it's saying. Look into the context of what it means because you won't be disappointed, all right? Um, the following links are some helpful links to help you study. I, I put the links in the description for you guys. They're the top three out of like six that I did, that I looked up that are very helpful tools um, to help you kind of analyze the scripture better. Um, there are other tools out there, you know what I mean? Don't, you don't have to just use these three, but um, whatever you feel is going to help you kind of explore scripture the way it's intended to be used, um, the better off you're going to be. So just very diligently take the time to consider those things. I'm going to promise you this, okay? Um, atheists, agnostics, and pretty much any other person who believes in secularism, nihilism, or any other form of religion knows what they believe, okay? Even from a Christian perspective, um, you know, that's false. It, well, even if from a Christian perspective, it, you know, it's false. Every other sect of belief knows what they believe, okay? I'm going to tell you that straight, straightforward. They have to, because let me be real with you guys. Like, we're hardwired to believe. <laughs> we're hardwired as human beings to explore the why, explore purpose, even if we don't do it quickly, we don't do it enough, or we don't put enough work into it, or whatever. We all do it. It's very subconscious, is that desire to believe in our brains. It, it, you can't take that out, otherwise we're not human. Um, and so just know that. Just like keep that in mind, all right? That is the reason I'm telling you these things. And I promise you that like, you know, when you come to, if you do, to, some deg- to, to whatever degree, come to believe that there is a God, from these podcasts or these episodes, I really strongly implore you and, and, and suggest you take on that, that responsibility of studying the Bible, okay? Um, and study it in this way because it's a good foundation as to how to build your individualism within the church. It's a good foundation as to how to become self-reliant um, because you're taking on the opportunity um, to grow in your own personal walk with our creator. You're not just sitting there doing it because someone else did it. You're not just sitting there doing it because your friend said you should read this Bible. No, you're doing it because you actually want to. You know what I mean? And as you continue to study, you're going to build this desire to want to um, because that's, that's usually how this goes. Like The more time you take to do anything, the more you become passionate about that thing that you're doing. Unless the thing that you're doing is something you don't like or don't, don't genuinely love, then you'll stop doing it. And in this case, it's pretty much the same premise. I understand it can be hard to study, okay? So, you know, because like maybe it's difficult for you to focus, which I relate with. Or you have a, you know, you have a reading disability of some sort. That's okay, guys. I just want you to know that's okay. Just don't make an excuse to be lazy, all right? Here are some resources that might help you who struggle with the visual aspect of reading. All right, I put down in the description very briefly. I mean, there are other links and resources that you can use. Um, Whatever is most helpful for you guys. I put down my personal favorite, which is Uversion, as well as two others, Dwell and Audio Bible, um, that could be useful for you in this way, that could be helpful. And hopefully you find that helpful. So we're going to go to a not to do and a not to do in this case is to just stop using other people as your means of faith, which I've recently just kind of addressed. Um, stop using other people as your means of faith. Okay. If you do too much of this, the enemy will try to turn you away from God. Evidence of this can be found in first Corinthians two fourteen, John six, 64 through 69, second Peter two, 20 through 22. Don't do this please. And if you are, like I just, just wrote down here in my notes and I'm telling you now, stop doing this. Not good. All right. Um, just remember that God is all knowing and he's all knowing about us. Okay. He created us and he knows everything about us. He knows our thoughts, our past, every little freckle on our bodies. Of course, it's natural to confine, to confide in humans. All right. But God truly knows our needs and offers perfect love. Psalms 139, all right, which states, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. Okay, just remember this. Just, just know this to be true. Um, I also put this in the notes for you guys. So, And actually, this was a little segment. I wanted to do a shout out to my girlfriend. She's the one that wrote this whole 
message here, and I, I liked it. So I, I figured I would share it with you guys. It's important for us to know this and understand the kind of God that we serve in this way. Uh, fellow believers and ex-churchgoers alike, hear me when I say this. Run. Run to the Father. He awaits you with open arms. Okay, I... You know, it's funny. It's like as I continue to read the Bible and as I continue to explore Scripture, I see this again and again. I see this pattern of this just immense love that God has for his children. And the other day I was actually crying over this concept. (laughs) I was just imagining what it's going to be like to see God um, face to face for the first time. And one one, one of the biggest things that overwhelms me every time I think about it is just the idea of running into his arms for the first time, like for not the first time, but like running into his arms and finally getting that hug that I've always desired. And in the same way, just know, like I urge you guys in the same, I say, I guess, metaphorical way, run, run to the father. He awaits for you with open arms. Run to him. All right. I put a verse for you guys, Luke 15, 11 through 12 in there, so that way you guys can consider that for yourselves. Fellow non-believers, if you've never like really had a relationship with Jesus and you're just ready to have one today, remember these verses, Luke 15, 3 through 7, and 2 Peter 3, 9, okay? And then what I also did for you guys in the description, if you guys are interested, is I put um, the sinner's prayer in there for you as well. I'm not going to read it to you guys. Um, just, I forget the reason why I'm not going to do that, but I'm not going to do it for you um, because I think it's something you guys want to do for yourself. It's more of a, the reason why is because it's more of a personal thing um, that I think you and, you know, God would have together if you did it alone, to which I'm not going to read it to you for that reason. Okay. And then, also, another thing for you non-believers is to pray without... Oh, actually, this is for both of you, non-believers and believers alike. Pray without ceasing and do it in private. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Okay. Um, like, this is a very big thing as well. Again, it goes along with why I'm not saying the sinner's prayer right now. I'm not reading aloud to you. is because I want you guys to explore this on your own time to where you build that relationship with him yourself, Right. It would go against the message if I just gave you all this information and then said, do it as I, like, do it for me. <laughs> like, I'm not, again, I want this, this, whole, this whole episode to be more of a, like, do it yourself, okay? Do it and do it for the sake of Christ. Um, be self-reliant for his sake. Uh, don't just rely on other people. Do it for you. Um, do it for you and him. So that way you guys can actually benefit from it. Um, and... Uh, and grow in your faith, and grow, yeah, and grow in your faith. So here's our takeaway from today. What I'm not saying, I am not saying don't embrace community with fellow believers. Okay, it's extremely important to do that. All right, I I can't stress that enough. Okay, Um, there are, here are three power verses to help you with this. Acts 4, 32 through 35, Proverbs 27, 17, and Romans 12, 4 through 8. Okay, if you're in kind of an introverted kind of person or more like an antisocial individual like me, where it might be harder for you to have that, have that um, pursuit for others in a way that's godly and wholesome and, and reflects the glory of God and community, um, I urge you to do this, all right? Um, it's not easy. I know it's not. I understand the pain and the struggle, but I very much urge you to do it anyways. And what I'm very strictly saying is, is there is a time for community, and that's very important. Okay, but what I'm also suggesting is seek individualism with Jesus first before you even bother embracing community. Because again, if you allow community to be the, one of the only reasons you're still in the church, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You're going about this the wrong way. And I strongly urge you for, to consider first seeking that relationship with him more personally before you just go into a community church setting and you do that, right? very important. I'm not saying don't listen to wise counsel when necessary, okay? Here are three power verses for that. Proverbs 12 through, Proverbs 12, 15, 
Proverbs 11:14 and Proverbs 15:22. Again, I put all of these verses in the description for you guys so you won't have you won't be lacking or missing anything. All right. Here's what I I'm saying again, there's a time and place for wise counsel, and a lot of the times, of course, it happens when it's a difficult decision. Um, there are so many times in my personal life where I've had to seek help and ask people questions because I just didn't know the answers. And it goes along with just realizing you're only human. You have limits. Like you're not a God. You're not God. And you're not a God to which degree you have to humble yourself and be okay with that. Like you're, you, you know, you have limits, right? So in some instances, it's wise to seek wise counsel. So those are, those are your power verses for that. Okay, so what I am saying is don't solely rely on people's interpretation of scripture, okay? Read and explore it for yourself. Very important. I'm also saying that, you know, your faith isn't in other people, okay? But hear me again. Your faith isn't in other people. It's in God. Just because you hang out with Christian friends or go to church doesn't mean you believe in Jesus, all right? That's very important. Also, as a believer, the power of the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. The roles of the Holy Spirit are helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengther, and standby, right? And that's coming from John 14, 16. All of that is in you, guiding you, giving you wisdom, etc. Okay, that's important. Just remember that. Actually, that comes from my girlfriend again. Shout out, shout out to Lynn. She's my girl. And she was just, she was helping with this. So the other day, so helpful. Um, and uh, yeah, so just remember those things. I also put that in the description for you guys as to what I was saying. So if you guys had any, if you need any more guidance in that way, all right. And then get yourself an accountability partner and or mentor. Okay. Um, just like I was saying earlier, when it comes to what I'm not saying, um, it is important to have a sense, a kind of a, a support system, a small circle of friends and people that you can rely on. Even Christ had that, all right? Even he had that small circle of people in his direct communications, um, including the disciples in this case, all right? But I'm just saying it's important as, as people, as, as Christians, or, you know, potential Christians, if you're listening in and you decide to say the sinner's prayer and you decide to come to Christ today, good for you guys, um, heaven rejoices, uh, God rejoices for just one sinner to come to, um, to come to, uh, uh, salvation. So, um, just get yourself an accountability partner and get yourself a mentor if you don't already have one. All right. I, and I'm, I'm serious about this. I might, it might sound stupid at first. Again, if you're like me, it might sound, it might sound dumb. Um, like I thought it was dumb at the time, but it's changed my life. And it still continues to this day to change my life because I have an accountability partner, right? I have somebody who I can say is holding me accountable for the things that I do um, and the things that I believe. And, and the, well, kind of the scripture that I, just like the things that I do in my day-to-day walk with Christ, he is helping me with that. My buddy, Baron, good dude. Um, and I also have mentors. I have people that are older than me that have lived longer and, and live and walked longer with the Lord and journeyed on with him to where I can say I have that as well. Praise God. Um, and, and, and again, in your circle, I will be praying for this for you. Um, you know, for anyone who listens in, I will be avidly praying on your behalf that you find this within your direct community as well. Very important stuff. And you can see that through Hebrews 10, 25. I put that as a reference, as a verse reference for that particular point that I made. Um, so that's pretty much it for this podcast, uh, or for this episode of, of the gospel guy. Again, guys, I appreciate you all for being a part of this journey with me, um, for exploring these episodes and just taking the time to listen. Um, it's, it's, it's really, it's huge. I feel like these, just, just these little nuances of our culture is trying, is trying very desperately to, um, push us away from certain aspects of what we believe that, um, in our cult, you know, essentially in the truth of, of the gospel that I really want to be addressed here. And so super excited to kind of continue writing these episodes. If you, if you want to just give me all the support you can through prayer and through other means, I'm, I'm opening up the doors to that opportunity because I just, I have like, guys, you got to understand, I have like 12 episodes, um, 
or 12 episodes I already have planned. Like, actually, I have, like, 18 episodes planned, okay? This is, like, just the third episode, or third or fourth, this is the fourth episode, and um, I want to continue to do this, so if you guys want to go ahead and support me, I, I probably put some links in the description um, as to where you might be able to um, help me fund this ministry and help me fund this, this uh, um, particular project that I'm working on now, um, as well as other, other means or whatever, whatever works. But anyways, again, I appreciate you guys for being here. Thank you guys for um, sitting in and listening to today's episode of The Gospel Guy. I look forward to speaking with you guys in the next episode. Uh, the next episode, give me a moment. Don't know if I, okay. So I'm looking through my books and I don't appear to have my booklet. Um, so just stand by in the next episode. I mean, I'll, <laughs> of course, share it out with you guys via social media. If you guys are listening in from social media. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the next episode will be coming out, uh, very shortly. Um, I'm kind of currently right in the middle of finals as I'm, as I'm recording this. So, uh, definitely bear with me, but, um, I appreciate you guys and I look forward to hearing, I look forward to talking to you guys in, in future episodes. Have a blessed day, have a blessed week, um, and uh, have a good one, guys. I'll see you later.